Hello and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and the Multicultural Mess. Uh, thank you for joining me today uh, again, and I'm very appreciative of your support and time, and I know it's precious. So we'll get right down to the topic. Today's topic is cast. It's a continuation from the previous episode. Uh, I hope you had time to take a look at it, uh, listen to it, and question yourself about it. So briefly, just to uh, brush up on what we discussed before, caste is uh, a Latin word. It means lineage. It's just a concept. It's not a real thing. It doesn't exist in any book, but it's a, um, a vocabulary. Um, and it, it has come down, the word caste has come down to empires and, and to the Indian subcontinent, it's come down to the Latin Portuguese empires um, of Christian lineage. So in a nutshell, the, sub the concept of submission or attachment dictated through man-made individual groups by virtue of lineage, generation to generation, run by theologians, and the feudal caste class is called caste. I repeat that, the concept of submission or attachment dictated by man-made individual groups by virtue of lineage, Generation to generation, run by theologians and their feudal elite is called caste. Every individual or group that asks you to submit in invoking divinity, culture, respect, is practicing a form of submission through lineage. And this submission through lineage is called caste, a feudal slave system that eventually leads to the dependence on divine ideological and physical slavery. So let's continue with uh, today's part of the discussion. So. We have to remember that the planet's largest employment sector, even today, is agriculture. Um, and this since the dawn of mankind, or, on, until, or since we have recorded history. All species of life, flora and fauna need food. This means our planet's aggregate economy will always dominate the cultures, the currents, which will produce our waves. In order to have an aggregate economy, we need labor and cheap labor. This to produce food while the people controlling its distribution control and benefit from its financial benefits of this sector. The more the human capital they controlled, the more work they got done. The more work they got done, the more power and money they needed uh, and had. This meant that in the ancient world, even today, human capital was like currency. The more they had of this currency, the more they were empowered. This meant subjugating people and keeping them in ignorance so that they were able to use them as slaves to do their dirty work below. All the while, the feudal class above being the ones to benefit from the output. This slavery was practiced by the whole planet and every feudal group in a dual fashion the political and the theolo theological class. The theocratic class on the ground fed the congregations below with the divine ideologies of God. They cut off every other source of knowledge, fed them with blind faith that was imaginary and made the slave dependent on their theological class. Behind the class of rogues, behind this class of rogues was the political class who worked in duality with the theologians. They shared power and subjugated the human capital to suit their agenda. This dual power sharing is what we call religion today. Their hierarchical social system of subjugation is called by different words, is 
and by different groups. So different groups use different vocabulary for this hierarchical social system of subjugation. The Latin word for this submission and or subjugation is caste, which was brought to the Indian subcontinent by the Portuguese and Christian colonization. Uh, the system of feudal hierarchy existed on the subcontinent prior to to the Christians coming. However, like the rest of the planet for thousands of years, it existed under different labels. So here are the some of the countries of the world who practice or have practice in, in some sort or part. Caste, class, stratification of society. So in Japan, my research shows me that there is the Ryo Sensai system, two main caste, um, Ryomin and Senimin. Spain, the casta system or colonial system of Spain. Europe, you have serfdom. The Chinese caste system during the Zhu dynasty. In Korea, Baikajong or untouchables. Islam, in, in Arabia, when the Islamic empires invaded the Indian subcontinent, the invaders already had a stratification of the ruling class. Caliphs, sultans, nobles, mullahs, and as the Arabs considered themselves a superior group of people, they did distinguish themselves from the locals they colonized and converted as they considered themselves the Arabs superior. They called themselves Ashraf, foreign conquerors or nobles, and the local converts Ajlaf, newborn or lowborn. So anyone who was converted from the Indian subcontinent was considered lowborn, not pure, uh, Ajlaf, um, that's A-J-L-A-F, and um, the foreign conquerors were called Ashraf. Foreign conquerors included Afghans, Arabs, Persians, Sayyid, also known as the Shahs in the province of Sin, supposedly descendants of the Prophet. Upper class, even Hindu uh, Rajputs also belong to the strata. Converts from other religions, upper class or clean caste also became came into this category of foreign of of Ashraf. Anyone else fell into the lowborn class or caste called Ajlaf. So there's Ashraf, the high class, or the foreign conquerors and nobles, uh, or even nobles from other groups converted, and Ajlaf was the low class. Then there were the untouchables converted from Hinduism, which is also another topic of conversation, fake news, called Azral, A-Z-R-A-L. They were in charge of the menial professions, like Dalit Muslims, as they're called today. So India has 85% of the Muslim population, which is 200 million, called Pasmanda Muslims. Pasmanda, it's an older word. This means backward Muslims. Okay? Now, it's not in any Quran, it's not in any text. This is the social stratification of society. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to make it very clear over there. It's not written in the Quran again. Um, but yes, it does exist uh, on the Indian subcontinent. It existed from time immemorial, from the time they, invent, they invaded the, the uh, continent, the subcontinent in 711 AD. So, Pasmanda groups are the modern version of um, backward Muslims, as they call themselves. Uh, this is for their community. This is not my word that I'm giving them. Technically, they fall under OBC or OBC groups in India, which means backward class or, uh, yes, backward class groups, you know, uh, un underprivileged or lesser economic um, 
cloud or groups that are not as um, educated, but OBC is what they call. Uh, they are discriminated against by their own community. So the discrimination doesn't come from outside, discrimination comes from inside. Um, and have very little minimal representation in government. So their own elite, Islamic elite on the Indian subcontinent, doesn't allow 85% of the Muslims who they consider pasmanda or low-class uh, backward Muslims, untouchable Muslims, they are not allowed... The elite do not allow these low-class people to uh, rise up to power or any sort of um, power-sharing um, possibilities. Now, when you consider the 200,000, 200 million Muslims on the, in India alone, 85% of them are considered Pasmanda Muslims. That is a big number. Now, this is through my research. I've got this. So the numbers can, you know, are approximate, obviously, 80 to 85%. While Islam says has no problem in saying it's religion, it's a religion about equality, it's a widely known fact, even among Muslims, that it is not. It is a colonial empire with deep and feudal stratification of society even today. One of those words is called kafa or kaf. Kafa, yes, sorry for that, meaning equality or compatibility in Arabic. Okay? So they don't use the word caste, that I means true lineage. But they use the word kafa, meaning compatibility. So it is the Arabic word for caste, lineage. Okay, if you're not compatible with my lineage, then I'm sorry, but you are. You cannot roam in my community. Basically, what it is, it is rhetoric used in the field of law, Islamic jurisprudence with respect to marriage. Um, it is used to stress on the compatibility between a prospective husband and prospective wife, which should be adhered to. The in ingredients required in this compatibility equation includes religion, obviously, social status, morality, piety, wealth, lineage, and custom. The four different schools of thought within Islam have different interpretations of this perceived equality while pointing fingers at others to camouflage their transgressions. At the end of the day... Kafa is no different than lineage, or in Latin, caste. The Islamic Republic of Pakistan also has caste social stratification of society, and thus its society is divided into social groups ca called Qom. So Qom is the word that's used for uh, our land. Amara Qom. Qom is, is land. Uh, and... Like, like um, in, in, in Sanskrit, you have Stan, Pakistan, uh, Hindustan, Tajikistan. Stan means land, means place. In Urdu, it means Qom. Okay? So in this Qom or this land of Pakistan is divided into many smaller groups, uh, special status or profession. Uh, they're not allowed to intermingle or intermarry. So they will say, which Qom do you belong to? Which group do you belong to? Jat, which Jat do you belong to? Jati, which tribe, which group do you belong to? Um, a very important vocabulary for distinctions of the Pakistani society, especially in rural areas. They also have menial labor class equivalent to the Indian untouchables. They call them bhangis. Bhangis means low class menial labor. In Punjab, Christians are some, many considered a lower class caste of people. So in, 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 in Punjab and in, in Pakistan, Christians are automatically low class, called shuras, churas, 
or untouchable sweepers, musicians or mirasi, menial labors or musali, okay. clothes, washermen, people who wash clothes uh, during on the riverbanks, dhobis, hajams, barbers. In Baluchistan, low-caste are gulams or slaves or lachis, which they also call dalits, loris, called musicians. They are low-class people and belong to a caste stratification of society. They are only a few dozen and dozens of castes and subcastes that exist. These are only a few dozens of castes or subcastes that exist in the country. Going to them would take several books and you could Google them, however, and, and, and you know, do your research yourself. Um, now, we come to India, as I've also mentioned in the previous uh, uh, podcast. Uh, we always hear Hindu caste system, the Hindu run by the ancient f- Hindu feudal kings. They all began this descent into caste. So mainly you'll hear the Hindu caste system, Brahmins, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas, and Shudras. Now these are actually vocabulary, just vocabulary. And it is made to, to understand this was actually Vedic vocabulary, not meant into caste. It was to understand the creator, the four equal limbs of the creator. That means the, the creator is the son of Brahma, um, and and he and the cosmic system that which we live in is equal. is is a huge electromagnetic cosmic system. It's not a thing that you can tabulate. It is an electromagnetic energy field, and it's equal all over. Every, Every single molecule, particle, and and physic, uh, physical and metaphysical is the same, and it's it's considered to be equal, equal limbs, and so that's given three, four different words: Brahmins, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas, and Shudras. But who, the people who came and the refugees that came in in bulk uh, to the Indian subcontinent, in order to rebrand themselves and realign and recreate and, and flee from their previous uh, feudal empires, use the vocabulary of this land and align themselves with the vocabulary and formed a new system, uh, a new life, started a new life on the Indian subcontinent, but with the mentality that the lands they left behind, the feudal lands they left behind, they used that mentality. The us versus them, the labels, the social stratification of society, and that then became uh, used with the vocabulary of the Vedas, which has nothing to do with social stratification. And so we have groups of Brahmins, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas, and Shudras. So to begin with this terminology, used above finds no place in any Sanskrit text scriptures as a caste system because caste is Latin. Caste comes from Latin word and is mentioned nowhere in any Sanskrit scriptures. Non-Hindus often use the word Varna. Varna does not mean caste, it means quality. Everyone has a quality. Quality does not mean caste, class, nor submission. However, nowhere in the Sanskrit scriptures is Varna equated with system or caste. The word system does not exist in the Vedic scriptures. There's no system because we are an energy field. There's no system. Go to the beach, look at the currents. What do you see? You see, look at the waves. I apologize. What do you see? Waves, the ocean, waves and currents that form your waves. Is there any system? No, it's an energy field controlled by the energies of the earth, the planet currents and currents and waves and currents and waves. That's who we are all over the cosmos. 
you, there's no system that can control it. So the Vedas are about energy fields. It's not about a system, a man-made feudal system. Nowhere, nowhere in the Sanskrit scriptures is Varna equated with system or caste. Neither is it used as a foundation, structure, or system for caste, as some foreign religion and historians might suggest. On the contrary, the above terminology, Brahmins, Kshatriyas, Vaishas, Shudras, actually meant equal limbs of the same creator. Since the creator was an electromagnetic field, every electromagnetic charge was of equal strength and was part of an equally strong sequence. Um, so the, um, the interpretation is absolutely false. We will go to the Bhagavad Gita, and if you have a copy of it, uh, it's chapter 1841, and it says here, um, I'm going to translate it in English because I... Uh, Speaking Sanskrit is very difficult um, for me. So, Brahmin, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas, and Shudras are activities distinguished in accordance with the qualities born of their own nature. That means your nature, your energy field, your uh, equation is individual and unique to you and forms your nature. Your generations and generations of data stored in you and you are distinguished in accordance with the qualities born of your own nature and will take your own form. It is, it is your currents that form the ways and there's nothing that's controlling it, except if you choose to subjugate it through ignorance. While there's nothing wrong with having a social stratification of society and institutionalizing the same, while branding this rhetoric with divine vocabulary is a fraud. Uh, however, like all ruling classes all over the world, when people are ignorant, it's very easy to manipulate them while empowering oneself to unaccountable power and riches. That is exactly what happened. Uh, while the ruling feudal classes sat on their high horses, the lower classes below are known for cheap labor, making the upper class of society extremely rich and powerful until there was a revolt. After which the cycle is started by a new group that associates itself with marginalized people on the ground or outcasts. Why don't we stop it? Well, well, because we're ignorant is the simplest answer. There's several subclass in in India's feudal system. Under the new Indian law post-1947, this leftover Abrahamic colonial lineage system became illegal. However, no government has ever made any effort to change narrative in our educational institutions for the last 70 years. The government that ruled us was a Marxist government pretending to be a Hindu um, nationalist government, but they're Marxist. Nor has any individual made any attempt to understand the historical basis of caste. Everyone finds solace in spitting in modern-day Hindus, Hinduism to justify their ignorance, transgression, and pontificating proselytization agendas. This is what happens when you lose the science. When you don't have the grammar, you cannot construct a sentence. When you don't have the science, you cannot construct a civilization. While science is not the total answer to your problem, it is a prerequisite to the rearranging the sequence that is your journey and understanding the currents that form your waves. In India, as education progresses, it breaks down caste class barriers. However, this takes four to five generations per person. Once education ball gets rolling, for example, I never, um, it was never brought up 
um, I was, you know, it, it, you never are brought up with that caste system or with, with, with the terminology of class and caste. It's just put under the carpet, should I say. My, my upbringing never had any class or caste. We were never taught about it. And my, and and we never talked about it and my grandparents but my grandparents definitely followed it uh this being said although the rhetorical rhetorical caste barriers are broken down no one in my family would ever would hang around or even dare marry an individual from a lower caste so we considered ourselves oh my god we don't have any caste system but try getting someone from a lower caste or class of society and bring them into your home and the answer is no they would never ever uh, allow that. This is the same with most families. We were told pretty clearly. I remember once going back to my ancestral province for holidays, and I do not speak my mother tongue of my grandparents, with the exception of few words and sentences. So my mother tongue is Konkani uh, from the state of Goa, and one day back in Goa, I picked up a few words from my mother's housemaid. I repeated those words at a relative's house a few days later, and I was asked in no uncertain terms, you're speaking servant Konkani, they said. I asked later, what does it mean? I was told that my accent, intonation, my vocabulary was a telltale sign of the origin of the words and which caste group it belonged to. Ten years later, I am still in shock. I cannot believe that I was told that my vocabulary had cast lineage and was not very benevolent of me to do all of this, uh, to talk like this. It, it is. It was a shock that I cannot even fathom. Not growing up in Goa, I, you know, never knew that it existed to such an extent. But I was, you know, stupefied. Uh, today, every modern group embodies themselves in, in some sort of social stratification, its communities, and, and which has now become a mentality. Um, one of the early groups that invaded the Indian subcontinent was the Arabs and different Islamic empires. Modern Islam and Christianity preach that it came to save the Hindus from the caste system. A blatant lie more like, <laughs> like it. And there was no word caste, nor any system prior to the 7th century that existed in Sanskrit textbooks. No word caste. A concept of caste or the system did not exist. They came to invade, plunder, and proselytize. And besides, you never go to another country because you, they need your help, because you want to help them. You go there because you need help. If I come even today, I come to uh, North America, it's not because I want to save North America, it's because I needed help. I choose to come. I was at rock bottom and 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 yes, I, I came to North America. I didn't I, I came to be saved. I did not come to save others. So these people trying to say, well, come here to save the world, to teach you about religion and ideology and God. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it's a lie. It's a lie. You never go to some other country because you need, because you want to save them. You go because you need help. And so all these years later, because we've kept quiet and given you the space to heal, all of a sudden now you rise up and, and pretend that you come to save us. It's a lie. And you're, it's fake news. So today spitting on Hindus has become an Indian institution and preached from there high pulpits, especially the Marxist, communist, Islamic, Christian establishments of the land. They think that every insult will earn them brownie points with the divine or whatever they um, they brainwashed to be enslaved to. Not only did they not change any caste system or any social stratification of society, but they enhanced it tenfold. 
to manipulate the status quo. This still continues till today. The next group was the Portuguese who brought in the word caste to the subcontinent, pretending again that the equality of Christianity was even better than the feudal system of the Hindus. What they did not say was the fact that they had a word for the social stratification of society meant they were practicing it too. Every time you point the finger at someone, you show me a mirror image of who you are. The word caste stuck and it went downhill from there. So, yes, this is a very hard topic to talk about, uh, very difficult uh, finger-pointing at all sides. Um, and and India and Hindu Hindus get blamed for this uh, derogatory caste when it has nothing to do with Hindustan, nothing. Okay? And it's become more prominent and more derogatory ever since independence because the backlash of, of the Marxist government who pretends very clearly to protect the so-called minorities, which were actually colonial empires that had full force power uh, to degrade, to degrade, to to um, to insult, and and after 1947 to um, insulate them from their crimes against humanity on the Indian subcontinent and blame the Hindus for every single thing, every single problem there is. Oh, now the minorities were here to help you. All of a sudden, the page can't turn tomorrow, and you cannot be a new person, and you cannot forget your crimes. Uh, but don't tell that to them because they're not here to... Um, to make peace, they're here to continue their colonial empires uh, as they are relics of colonial empires. Um, and we are forced to be their slaves, ideological slaves. And the perception we're given is that we're here to change the Indian society uh, to our benefit and, and promote the will of God when in reality it's a lie, a sham. So I'm going to take your leave for today, uh, for this podcast. I will let you uh, time to reflect and, and move on and... Um, do your research and, and hopefully understand the concept of caste, where it comes from, and how it has been inflicted on the Indian society, um, and go from there. If you have any questions, you can email me, religions, regimes, and refugees uh, at outlook.com, or you can find me on Facebook, religions, regimes, and refugees. Thank you very much. You have yourself a great day.